boy sauce in the building and ld is back hi guys yeah so ld welcome back welcome back welcome back welcome back yeah welcome back welcome back welcome back so it's been a hot minute actually it's just been two episodes without me yeah how many of you guys missed me i know everyone missed me Mm, debatable whatever anyway so welcome to this episode i can't believe we're like seven this is seven episodes away from 50 we've tried yeah it's come a long way so what's what's what kept you off the pod for a uh, couple of weeks or uh, not a couple of weeks yeah like two weeks actually yeah that's it okay so i've been trying to move like um we were moving and so it was just very very stressful for me because we were looking for places literally every weekend i would be it's not even every weekend almost every day i would leave work go and look for a place with my agent guys we have a serious housing situation in lagos like lagos is a shit hole sometimes not every time but honestly seriously you can't find flats that are obviously everyone has their own taste and everything but you have a budget and then you can't find you think it's the most basic things you're asking for in a house but you can't find it it's ridiculous so to quote one of my friends you just have people building rat holes and calling them homes and then you hear the rent and you're like what's going on like i saw a couple of places honestly i'm not even this is not me trying to be very high with my taste or whatever these places were actually shitholes and the rent was going for like 1.2 1.3 1.4 i'm like what's going on like how can you in fairness actually charge this kind of rent for this kind of place like how many the bathrooms rooms? would be ridiculous so you, you know what's funny in so i was looking for a place in surulere surulere houses a two bedroom should not be more than a million a three bedroom should not be more than 1.5 you know it's pretty much around that um that that's uh, bound exactly do you get what i'm saying a self-contained is like 400 500 if you are really looking for some executive that's the terms they use here executive mm-hmm. self-contained you know it could be 600 so you know i was seeing three bedrooms two no i was seeing two bedrooms for 1.5 there was one two bedroom that i saw it was really nice but i couldn't wrap my head around it being 1.5 it had only one bathroom for everyone to share i mean don't get me wrong the finishing was good everything was good but why 1.5 it didn't make sense and landlord was living in the same like there was there was always a problem and i really what i really want to understand is and if you're a landlord out there help me out how do you come up with the rent for your places even when you haven't renovated it or done anything to it it looks like no one has lived there in ever or it looks like the place crawled out of the stone ages the doors are crappy they're not strong enough the gates is falling apart bathroom tiles are gone how do you in good conscience actually charge that amount i remember there was a place i went to they said let's say they said 1.7 then two weeks later somebody called me about that same place and i was like oh it's now 1.2 if you want it what happened apparently the owner of the house her son came in maybe from london or america wherever he came in from you know mother tells him oh i'm trying to rent this place out he says how much he tells she tells him and he's like you must be kidding me how can you be selling this place for so it took her son telling her that she was out of her mind to bring down the price but i don't really like guys I, I really don't know what the problem is you want a really nice place and then it becomes too expensive so this whole situation made me realize that 
looking for a place in lagos is actually very difficult and if you want a nice place a decent place you literally have to be working 10 jobs just so you can pay your rent i had some guy in church who told me that he he used 15 agents before he could get a place and because these agents you know they're the big agents and then they're the small street boys who are running around for I actually have a headache talking about this but it wasn't fun it wasn't the most interesting thing i had done i mean it was eye-opening don't get me wrong i learned quite a bit i think that i could be a real estate, a real agent, estate now. agent maybe not own my own place but i could be one of the people running around and telling people you, you know what's funny one of my agents sent me a message today actually one of the many agents that i use and he's like oh there are two properties in this place and that space this is the rent if you have somebody to bring bring we'll share the money i'm like yeah man <laughs> because i spent enough time with these people to understand their lingos pay and packing oh god you guys i had never there were just things that i had never heard of there was a day where i was like with three agents it was so it's eye-opening but i swear these three guys they are the legit hustlers those agents that sit down in the office in their fancy chairs behind nice tables they're not doing anything the guys on the streets are the ones hustling but yeah um but you found it's, a place now and you, it, and you I, I found in, a right? place. Moved in yesterday. I moved in yesterday. I'm not 100% happy with it, but you know, you got to do what you got to do, you know, for the meantime. Um, but it's also, I, I've, it's made me draw comparisons between um, real estates in this country and real estates in England, because obviously that's the only place i've also ever rented a place in england they're not asking you to pay a year up front you pay monthly do you get what i'm saying and if you don't have a credit score they probably tell you okay pay six months then you can now start paying monthly that kind of thing you can find a decent place in england on a budget the only problem you might have is it might not be in the areas that you might like but i was staying in west london and ramping an arm and a leg and it was a two-bedroom it was in a decent area i mean it was like 10 minutes away from central london and but in lagos you want to live somewhere central these people will be giving you price for the area they're not actually giving you i think that's what it is sometimes you see a shithole but because it's in a nice area they feel like they can just give you whatever price the first rule of real estate is location 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 and one thing i learned is that landlords actually don't listen to their agents because while i was going around with these agents i realized that there were landlords that these agents had spoken to and told them bring down the price it's not better for you to have somebody in your place do you get what i'm saying yeah but the real estate agent isn't the guy that spent his money to build the house now and then you know so but that's what i'm saying that one's not looking for their own uh no, so they, no, 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 because condition. no, they tell them out of not because. Of, so you know how I said like a two bedroom should be within this range, and then the landlord is charging way above that range, and they're telling them, look, if you go around in this same area of yours, people are selling two bedrooms, you know, this price, blah blah blah. So you actually have landlords who their properties are just lying down there, exactly, which is what happened with this woman that I said her son came back. And her property had been lying down there forever, and she was wondering why nobody was renting it. So her son came and said, you must be out of your mind. You actually need to reduce it because it's not worth it. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm. Don't get me wrong. I saw some places and I could understand why they were charging that amount. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm. You know how you see a place and you're like, this is a damn good place, but unfortunately, I can't afford it. Do you get? So there are some landlords who are actually charging because their finishing is great. The house itself is great. 
everything is great and you can understand it now that one if you cannot afford it you know you just close your eyes and go there's no arguing with the landlord you can beg him and say ah, we're gonna bring it down small but if he doesn't you i mean i, I would send so same message and i'm like i understand why this place is this price do you get what i'm saying but then there were just too many places that i saw and you're talking about landlords they know how much they spent i tell you that one of the places that i saw the landlord came to have spent a lot of money but when i looked around i'm like who are we deceiving here yeah, but, I uh, mean, ideally, I guess, uh, depending on the kind of person you are, because you, um, one thing I realized is, obviously, as a landlord, what you do to your buildings, too, is subject to your taste and... Your pocket. You, well, I, I don't know if I'll say your pockets, because if you're riding around in a Bima and things like that, clearly you have... Ah, because, yeah. people, because you have big motor, doesn't you <laughs> have money inside bank so, account. No, 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 because what, I'm, no, what I'm saying is, at the end of the day, is also about your taste. You don't see, you, you could have good taste but still like so like i was complaining about doors it wouldn't you said you spend a lot of money but it wouldn't have killed you to put in a better door do you get what i'm saying i mean like at the end of the day one thing that i've noticed is this renting is a racketeer thing so you put up a place you you semi do it up knowing that the tenant is probably not going to be comfortable and will do stuff to it do you get what i'm saying especially if your tenant is somebody who has big eyes for the final things in life by the time your tenant now does one or two things they are moving out the place is already looking nicer than you gave it to the person you now go and add smart things and that person will come you will act as if you were the one who did all the changes that the tenants made so like tenants keep you know like the story, stuff. The story you're telling now it's the reverse of what most landlords will tell you and most other people that have experiences with with it a lot of people when they leave the place the money the tenant the landlord uses to fix fix the place back is probably more than what the person paid for the arrangement nah, duration. that's for some so, people so I, I just want i can tell you from experience that for the most of them i don't have any houses renting but my my dad has some houses rented out and all of them number one to get them to pay was a problem and even when you finally able to get them out all the money to renovate for the new person to came, come in was more than the cost of what the last person paid on their rent so the, so so the landlord tenant story run both ways the horror stories on both sides and it's just a, yeah it's i mean because like the place that i found the shower the um the what's it called some of the things that were done apparently it was by the previous tenants because even the land was like she was such a good person we didn't want her to go but you know she found her own place blah 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 you should have seen this place when you know so obviously at least they were courageous enough to states that some of the things there were done by the previous tenant you know yeah, most kind of most landlords if the tenant is good paying their rent everything they don't want the tenants to stay they don't really they don't even increase the rent just at least stay there let yeah that's why yeah that, which is fine but i'm saying that apart from that having a good tenant also goes with them upgrading your place and things like that you know but whatever yeah, yeah it goes both ways it's uh like i said the bottom line is that this housing crisis is a mess you no, sent, it you sent me some pictures and some of those places where, you know, the bathrooms unlivable. You know what? Unlivable. I so was sending those pictures uh, and he wasn't crazy. saying anything, but I knew that internally he was crawling. I feel like he wasn't saying anything because he didn't want me to freak out. Because I, I swear I was having a major freak out crisis because I was thinking, I'm not bathing in these bathrooms. But what would it take? So I know that Lagos State has been trying to do some LSDPC homes where, like, they do nice flats, right? at a, at affordable um rates do you get what i'm saying but problem is this lsdpc homes they get sold in units so the, it still comes back to the landlord setting his price but what they do is they kind of put a cap 
on it so in most of those homes you see like a two bedroom for one million a three bedroom for 1.5 so all you pay is like service charge you know generators things like that there are a couple of them in Surulere. you know they have security they have everything but um these things are also subject to who you know and hearing the information on time because then you find out that a lot of the flats are gone and you're like wow you yeah know. i also hear that you need to show evidence of that you pay taxes yeah and exactly those kind of things so it's um i, I guess it's a, it's a two-way thing anyway because i guess from i remember my brother was telling me this that the governor said he's not interested in building slums or whatever it is he wants to bring quality houses yeah. for people to buy so you know sometimes you say okay you want affordable houses maybe like the jack on day that looks horrible now we're supposed to be cheap houses really low budget mm. rent to people to move into but i guess amber day following up on fashion life philosophy is that we're building quality houses you have to pay almost market price for it but you know it's going to go to lagos yeah um, no no but, but funny so enough, it's, despite, it's, it's, a, it's a midway point, I guess. statements that's what i'm saying like there was an lsdpc that i saw in accurately and i would have taken it and it's a fashola home the finishing was good everything was good it's just they weren't prepared for people to move in they were having issues with the what do you call it transformer right and they weren't sure when the transformer was going to get fixed do you get what i'm saying I they, yeah, exactly they already had security and if there's no electricity there's no water do you understand it was it was really good and honestly that was my first choice to the issues start piling and everything and because it's a legal state's home government home you know they were asking for only one year's rent things like that you know that people that were asking for two years were maybe like the agents and the lawyers but obviously that's out of Lagos state's um, hands do you get what i'm saying right. so it was actually good the finishing was good i remember my mom really liked it my brothers even liked it so in as much as you know they say oh they're not interested in building slums i still i, I think they still try to find a way to make it as affordable right. as humanly possible do you get what right. i'm saying right so, without building a dump yeah exactly without building a dump so it's not a dump but still you could afford it you understand right and something this housing thing made me think about was like you know i'm like it costs so much money it's not much you have to make in a year that you save to afford this kind of rent then obviously you now have instagram where people are going on vacation or whatever hey, my and how God. much vacation cost and, 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 and i think to myself is it in say vacations or, or trips are worth the memory I'm like, if you're living in a shady place and you go for a vacation for a then week, a couple of days, I'm saying that, is that memory enough to, it will soft, keep you, to keep you throughout the next year's rent? next year's rent, whatever. But anyway, talking about vacations and stuff, we we went to um, Obodu. And then we promised like a rundown of um, of our time there. Uh, and it was pretty sweet, actually. I think we spent uh, what three nights. Yeah, four. Yeah, three nights. Three, three days night. and three nights. Because the fourth day we were on our way back to the airport. Yeah, so three nights, four days. The last day I said it was pretty much another journey back, and it was was good actually. And I've heard so much of Ubudu from a long time ago when they first established it and stuff. So it was uh, obviously a plane ride from Lagos to Enugu. Then you know from road, I think about five hours journey from Enugu to um, Obudu. To Obudu, um, and actually, funny enough, the road trip wasn't as bad as I thought. The roads are not as bad as I expected in my head. It was pretty, you know. Obviously, you know, Nigerian roads not if it's not paved all the way, but it wasn't that bad. Not too much ditch. Yeah, I would just like to see that. Source is lucky because the first time I went those roads, man, I almost threw up. I actually got car sick, and I never get car sick, so. I hope they keep the roads that good or but again i don't know if it's because elections are coming up so they quickly started you know working on the roads but yeah 
I just had to put that in there. Yeah, so I know was uh, was kind of left really early in the morning. I think uh, was it like a was a seven a.m. flight now? Try to catch and everything. Yeah, we're on the first flight, guys. Guess who was late? Sus was late. Uh, I actually actually was the other one late. Another. Of the, no, you know what? I don't care if other people are late. Sus was late. It was really bad enough that four people got there before me because I was hoping I would get there. You know before everyone so these four people got there before me they had checked in and i think we we forgot was it was public holiday so everybody and their mama was traveling so the airport was full because i remember i mean i remember the last time that i went again that one i even almost missed my flight but that's the story for another day but the queues weren't as long so the airport was full driving into the airport was full so i was already stressed by that and then to find out that four people were not there yet and one of those four people was sus i almost like i was very sure i was going to blow a, ca- a gasket i was so mad at him and i was very sure we we're going to miss our flight sus had not entered the airport by the time they started calling people to board the flight so i actually left home pretty early like um i left him like 6 45 something like that 6 45 for a 7 a.m flight yeah it's usually she's not supposed to take me more than 30 minutes a lot, actually a lot of time was wasted like just already at the airport kind of just like driving in and stuff so, but anyway, we got we got the flight. So that's that's the most important thing we got on the flight. As far as because that's his defense, I would have left Sus. Okay, I would never leave him, but still, I was thinking about leaving him. Honestly, because actually I was right there right on time because of the check-in luggages. That's what actually you know made it a little bit more dicey because of you know making sure they check the check. And in Nigeria, in if you don't check in your luggage properly, I are doing last-minute checking. Best believe that your luggages might be left behind, yeah, and that happened yeah, to that, somebody uh, on yeah, the trip. That actually happened. His, his luggage didn't get to Enugu. It was such a disaster, and he was lucky because they were even going to tell him to check in his camera equipment, but he flat out refused, and he's like, "No." So what happened was he got on the plane. There was no overhead. Um, there was no space in the overhead um, cabins, so they now took it back down for him to, and they put it into the plane. If not. Both his luggage, I'm sure that camera would, his camera equipment would never have come anyway. So we get to the airport in Enugu, we now have to start figuring out how to get his stuff to Obudu. Yeah, yeah. Guys, remember, Obudu is five a- hours away from Enugu. So it was not a situation of, oh, we'll go there and come back that same day. If they sent it to Calabar, that's like eight, nine hours. Literally had to start looking for people who would, you know, I had to contact the, um, my friend who works with the Obudu Conservation Center, everybody started looking for a way around it. We found someone, the person wanted to charge us 45000 That's the flight, that's the cost of a whole ticket to and from Enugu. It was, I felt sorry for him because he literally had nothing, no clothes. We had to, he had to go to the market in Obudu, you know, just to get a change of clothes for the day. Yeah. But t- luckily, yeah, we got t- his t- stuff. T- t- on those local flights, do not get into the plane unless you identify your bag. And they say they put it on the plane. But I want to ask so a question. Don't, don't, oh, oh, that's a tip. Me, I'll, I'll never get on that plane. Show me my bag. I want to ask you a question. So he was the last person to get on the flight. He was literally the last person, right? Yeah. So what happens if he got there to where the baggage and his baggage were not there? Where would they start? Where would they go and start looking for the baggage? I don't understand. Where, like, so he gets there, right? He says mm-hmm. my suitcase is not here. Mm-hmm. Is the plane going to wait for him? Then you don't get on the plane. Yeah, I'm saying, but where would they even start looking for it? Because you know, they just toss it into one of those there god knows what it is yeah, but they found it so they, yeah, found they it ended up finding now. it so yeah. it was it was just at the it was probably just lying down somewhere it was at the terminal just that you know how it is they have they, they have their cart like a golf cart thing yeah that they put it you put the luggages on and they drive it to the 
to the plane, right? Mm. And you have the last one going. Mm. So if your doesn't join the last so one. So this is what I going. think. I think so. that he was extremely lucky. And I'll tell you why I say he was extremely lucky. Because Nomad was in the same situation when we went to Abuja. And Hanani's suitcase till today has not been seen. So he was lucky in the sense that they were f- able to find his luggage and very quickly Ninja Nomads kept calling every day. She described the luggage. She described all the things that they had used to, you know, because when yeah. you have the same type of luggage with a lot of people, you kind of put markings on it yeah. just to make sure, you know, guys, yeah, I'm what, telling you that till today, they still haven't found yeah, her that's luggage. That's what my tip is to use. If you don't see that bag, especially if you have a lot of things valuable in that bag and you could be gone forever. You said it was lucky, right? Which I'm saying that I won't, I refuse to get on that plane, even if I miss the plane, especially if you have valuables in that bag to say show me my bag to put on the plane anyway that was yeah so anyway his luggage came and he started giving us with his outfits you know yeah so we we figured out a way to eventually get him yeah uh, so which was a lot of money yeah exactly and i mean it was a good thing that we so we gave out this um jumpers so at least he wasn't free sweaters i don't know what jumpers oh yeah we call them jumpers anyway so we gave we gave out these jumpers <laughs> so luckily he wasn't freezing to death so he came in especially for someone like him he came in very handy i think the thing is you tell people you're going to go it's going to be cold but people don't think it's going to be that cold because they're like it's in nigeria how cold can it get and then we got there and literally people were living in those jumpers it was such i think it was a good idea because i decided that i wanted to start giving out gifts that complimented um the places that we go to not just random pack a bag full of shit and just give people you know that kind of thing so yeah everyone was able to keep warm and cozy yeah so any part of the even after the whole i guess fiasco about getting late and everybody you know barely making the flight and lost luggages then obviously you know on the trip to the obudu our faithful policemen had to you know do their own um do their own um, jaga jaga on the road yeah the first guy asked for a bottle of henny but he was really cool because he didn't search us it was more banter and one thing about i learned about policemen is once you start hyping them they get a bit more um what's it called they mellow out I, I, so i don't know if that applies to sars so don't, don't try yeah so don't try to sars please i'm talking about policemen so because i had learned that you know when this guy came i was literally hailing him i'm like well done no ah, uh-uh, you're standing under this sun is it not hot that kind of thing so I swear this guy literally held us up just to have a conversation with us he didn't ask to see anything he didn't you know but on that so he was really good he was really friendly asked us to bring him a bottle of honey on our way back also asked us why we were not traveling with security because clearly a lot of people in nigeria travel with security especially when you say you're coming from the airport or something or you're coming from lagos um but you realize on that route there are a lot oh, of check we didn't have armed security but we had yeah we yeah had, yeah there was someone, someone the yeah was exactly and then um you you tend to notice that there's a lot of checkpoints in eastern nigeria things some are, are things, uniformed things are, not, things are along all nigerian routes That's no what i've never come Lagos, on we've Lagos gone to benin there's checkpoints no so this one i'm not talking about just policemen there were uniformed checkpoints there were ununiformed people there were boys who just put sticks on the road with those um things that can spike your what's it called your tires and literally you could tell that they were all not working together because some of them were literally like two minutes away they could see each other you know so maybe policeman is here you drive for one minute you see a random undressed guy with his touts and everything like i wasn't sure so obviously the policemen are there for security 
or whatever yeah exactly but the other people you're just wondering okay why are you on the road why are you there and everything and and like a lot of times the driver i think at least on our way back from the he literally just had his money ready we're just you know doling out the money money some were better than the others i don't know i know it's the simplest one we're talking about this there's one that stopped us on our way to abode then was like you know what i'm stopping you as my right as a police officer to do a search do a search to make sure there's nothing blah 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 mm. and give a spell give a reason then there's another one no, it was the, it's the same guy that okay. i'm talking so about that, yeah. one was, that one was pleasant about yeah. it and he gave and didn't give too much trouble right you saw that one stopped us with eyes looking red you know, <laughs> yes I, so I, where are you from i, I know it's just, just that of me it's like, i mean i was just um, trying to close my eyes and <laughs> yeah, like where are you from i didn't understand it i'm like where am i from see where are you from i'm like vgc Yes, no, no, no. So what that's what how you said. So the guy's like, "Where are you from?" And so it's literally blanked because he was confused. Like, what do you mean? What state am I from? Which country am I from? You know. Yeah, so so it's like Lagos. The guy that said, "Where in Lagos?" Yeah, yeah. So it's and like VGC. Uh, VGC. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Oh, and he asked him for his name too. I was just like, "What the hell?" Mm. And then the other guy on the um bus too. He asked that one for his name. And I was like, "Can I see ID?" I was just like, well, luckily that, luckily he had his driver's license. Yeah, on exactly. Him. Like, I'm sure that was, that was <laughs> going to exactly. Else. So it was, and I don't live in VGC, but that was the first thing that came <laughs> to my head. I, I, I used to live in VGC. That was the first thing. That yeah, like it was just ridiculous. So he, he was just the. Uh, he was a pain. Yeah, he was just different because you look at his eyes; he looks scary and. But and luckily, road, anyway, road travel is generally uh, just very annoying. Even down to just parking to buy something off the road, you could have street boys just ambush you. I mean, the same thing happened to us we wanted to buy drinks from some store the, our driver parked and apparently our driver because he later opened up to me so he has this insignia on his bus that shows that he's part of whatever association do you get what i'm saying so that's why he chose to park in that place we go into the store we come out where's our driver he's in the middle of a first argument with some um I don't want to call them Agberos, but anyway. where he was sitting was where they were selling food. The person that was selling food came to meet me and told me that, look, you guys don't give these people any money. They don't have, they don't have any work. Well, they're not, yeah, they're not exactly. Any, they, they like, they're just poor, not anybody. Don't give them anything. They so just it now became a scene. And the guy's like, why should I pay? Look at my insignia, blah, blah, blah. You know, it, we were literally stuck there for 10 minutes. And obviously, none of us could go and meet him because what do we know? Let him just handle the situation. I mean, he ended up having to give money. In fact, I think they were chat. They wanted to charge him like let's say five k or something, and he's like, "Nope, I'm not going to pay five k." I don't know how much he ended up paying because obviously, yeah, he and the other guy yeah, were meant to handle. Just like two guys that just came from nowhere. I didn't even know what they were arguing about. Yeah, because we left us in the bus, so you know we came out and no, you even got down from the bus, right? Yeah, we're just outside. Everybody was outside. You guys went to go buy the drinks that happened to be fake drinks. Yeah, <laughs> I think this was in this was in the Boeing state. No, it was. We were still in Enugu. No, a Boeing. Are you sure? Yep. Let me I check know. the picture. It was, it was a Boeing state because these guys claimed they were from the Ministry of um, the Environment and something and somehow polluting the environment. And so, you know, the guys were, I don't know, as I said, you had this signal thing, trying to hustle money. I just didn't pay them no mind. Then also, there was this truck that had uh, a, a Boeing State uh, Ministry of um, Environment or whatever mm. that had the rest of the tarts in there. There's probably people that politicians use when they're for elections, whatever. They now held those people down. When I held them, that's why I know quite where's the Boeing. They now held them down. Those ones now came down. And that's when you guys came out from the store and saw those people gathered around him trying to make some noise or whatever it is but anyway that's just part of uh 
traveling troubles like, of traveling, traveling by road in, yeah. in fact actually these are both troubles of air and road because someone's suitcase gets left behind mm. road you get stopped ridiculous i remember there was because on our way back you know the driver literally just had to 200 naira he was once he saw people stopping one of the policemen did not want to collect it and i remember because this made me laugh the driver said now i want to give you money and it's a problem you're not happy if we don't give you money you're not happy now i want to give you money i, I think like the, the policeman actually felt very bad at that statement he just collected the money yeah, and let the guy yeah. go i'm trying to end the conversation and you know yeah because the guy was giving him the money and the policeman was like oh where's your driver's license he's like why just collect the money in peace and let us end it yeah, yeah we know we know what we know what it is <laughs> exactly. we, don't need, we don't need to do that dance that, that exactly like don't ask me for my papers and everything it was just funny but i mean it was such a good trip um yeah so anyway getting through all that stuff eventually got to the um Abuja. i'm a let's just talk about this because you know if i talk about it, it just looks like i'm healing so, myself so we get to the Abuja, whatever you know the cow head i guess that's the famous picture by the office yeah, we got down the to picture and um, obviously we're using the ac all the time from all that point to so get to that point then the driver was like no ac we're like what do you mean no ac the guy like no ac like oh, what's this guy what's wrong with this guy obviously by the time we started you know climbing up the they understood when no yeah, exactly, <laughs> the weather quickly changed and it was i'll describe it like four like fall weather in the u.s right winter is you know like fall weather is like the best type of weather right yeah. summer is pretty much over winter autumn is, for the london people yeah win- winter is coming so nice cold weather and obviously everything got really cold and obviously the roads are really winding going up that really reminds me of like when i'm going to tower when i used to go to tower then to the ski lodges the way those roads are obviously there's no ice on this road you fancy huh ski yeah, so, lodges yeah, yeah i go skiing never stayed in the lodges anyway because we came back the same day but same those kind of california winding roads that you're also trying because you know tahoe you're going up the mountains so, so this kind of winding roads climbing up the mountains and they can be very scary if you are driving them so driving through it i know somebody mentioned that not all drivers feel, com- do, feel yeah. comfortable enough you know taking the road so obviously that's when the whole i guess vacation tour whatever began and it was just beautiful weather and obviously you're literally in the clouds i think we were about uh, uh 1500 meters yeah there was a point in time where we were 1500 meters no what because kevin would be very upset with you 1506 no what i'm, what, what I'm saying well the you pla- mean generally the plateau oh, we yeah. are like where we're allowed is a yeah. thousand five hundred meters about five thousand two hundred um, feet for those people that like to drink in um, u.s units and obviously in our hikes we able to get up to a thousand six hundred and seven meters yeah. mm-hmm. that's the highest evolution ev- ev- elevation elevation which above sea level so you know you can think about it like um uh, how tall is the eiffel tower like 200 meters so like you know just keep thinking up like, and up know, and up three times four times five times mm-hmm. you know standing on top five eiffel eiffel uh tower. eiffel tower so it was pretty cool and you're you literally in the clouds and what's cool about it also is like you know as the cloud move you you get this fog right all of a sudden your visibility is gone all of a sudden you know the wind moves the cloud move and voila this great view is just like magically seems to appear in front of you so it was pretty pretty cool like just getting there i think that's the first thing that hits you just the change in weather and everything and obviously after such a long journey you're just tired you want to get to so the next wild moment you got when we actually got to the 
lodge and we we're actually opening like oh, wow it was really nice it actually looked like a real cabin right wooden, wooden. it looked like what it was a real i guess it was cabin. a real cabin <laughs> you know, sometimes in nigeria we use all these terms cabin whatever it is but just somebody bungalow house <laughs> but this one's actually in you know, a real cabin you know hardwood floors wood paneling around the world the decor was you know so i, I could tell you not only me everybody that came on the tour we were like okay yes like okay we we are we are in for something good right because if so i'm sorry but if we came in and that accommodation was shitty yeah i think that had a lot of yeah you had a revolt on your hands <laughs> but when we came it was i've just, never was, had shitty accommodations yeah though, i'm just so. saying but anyway but this was really nice like real like you know. duvets and everything you know it was really good even you know, the furniture was seemed very cabin like you know zero cabin wood yeah. paneling wood, wood um, hardwood floors you know, the heaters in the rooms. I don't know. Like, it was really that cold. Like, you don't have ACs, you have heaters because it actually gets that cold. And actually, you have to put on heaters because it's actually that cold. Mm. It got me thinking, people in the villages, I wonder how they keep themselves uh, warm. I'm not sure if those houses have enough insulation. Yeah. Actually, we have actually saw uh, one of those houses in the village around there. They actually had chimneys, right? Where in Nigeria, I'm sure. Where the firewood and everything, probably. Yeah, yeah, the chimney probably is yeah, the furnace that's inside yeah. the house. Obviously, I can't see it from outside, but you know, you can actually see the chimney from mm-hmm. outside the house. So, like, that's a Nigerian house with real chimneys. I've not seen that one uh, before, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, obviously, there's a lot of firewood you see everywhere. So, obviously, they're obviously burning firewood yeah. to keep, I know to Kevin, keep warm in the village. Yeah, that's what Kevin told me because you know, Kevin uh, lives in the village. The and Kevin was uh, p- part of the tour guide. Yeah, so he t- what he said was, you know, they heat up the firewood, whatever. Then they now move it into their homes. Hmm. So the heat is still emanating. Abikini, how do you explain so it? So the you smoldering wood. Exactly. Yeah, you so know. then they create the fire and the smoldering wood. Wood is still warm, okay. exactly. You and know, village people, they know how to... Yeah, that's how they yeah. And what was actually interesting, knowing some of the history, is that that Obudu ranch or the mountains that the people living there they actually didn't move up to like about 1952 or yeah because they thought it was uninhabitable yeah so essentially maybe they had hunters that used to climb up game whatever it is was still the um the um what they call them the um colonizers the colonizers came and actually one of the hunters took them up Mm. and they established the ranches that the people actually now migrated up up the mountain because of obviously the work from the ranch or whatever and so it was kind of amazing to me that actually this settlement is fairly fairly recent right because they all lived at the bottom and you know it took and they also moved because they thought it would help them economically because obviously as these people were building stuff on the ranch they were like oh we can help them with like the work and things like that so it was also a way to put money in their pockets yeah they moved up for the work they didn't just move up because it was a good old time yeah exactly the the ranches were establishing so there was work and all the people moved up Moved, so up the mount, moved up the mountain but it's really good i, I always tell people because people don't know how to differentiate between the obudu mountain itself and the resort so the resort is actually built on the mountain the resort is like how 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 would you explain it now um so there are a couple of mountains someone thinks that it's amazing and then you go you build a resort on it you have accommodation you have restaurants things like that but it doesn't mean that other accommodation types are not available on the mountains because we didn't stay in the resort accommodation we were on the mountains but we stayed in cabins owned by the obudu conservation center and they are an independent arm yeah because yeah. when we went there, the, so they, they, the they protect obudu the wildlife and mountains, all that yeah 
yeah, but the mountain resort was on strike. Was on strike, and you could see everything when we took a tour. We saw their own accommodation, which mm. was also really nice, right? Obviously, some of it is falling apart, but yeah. we were able to pick into some of those their the buildings. buildings, and they also yeah. like real cabins, cabins too. Yeah. Beautiful looking furniture. I'm mm. sure all this stuff was uh, was imported, imported or whatever. Yeah, but it does like it's a story of Nigeria, and you know maintaining stuff i'm thinking these guys have not been paid salaries for well it was over a year when i went there in december so now let's just say two years for two years so that's just you know. and they really like their jobs because for them to have continued working so they said to finally go on strike in november december time you know but think about it a, a family doesn't have money because government is not paying i mean like we just really need to fix up because i tell you the truth and this is not because i organized the tour there there's so much potential if they could maintain that place properly right so, so like i said story of nigeria potential but uh, the good thing about it like this student you know obviously the way i just look at it the, the resort is resorts it doesn't we, yeah exactly to stay there it doesn't hamper uh, you know, what at least what we experienced anyway yeah no i remember like somebody in the group was saying that as assuming the resort was working there are people who you will get that will come to the mountains just for the resorts Yes, not to explore the mountains. Even me, my own accommodation for the accommodation where it was, I would have just stayed and left all the hiking for you guys. I mean, I just sleep and relax myself, and you guys can be jumping up and down. (laughs) But anyway, like I said, so we took a look at the resort that the that resort runs, even though that's not where we're staying, and Mm. obviously we're up on that what it could be. But it was cool. Went on this hiking trail, saw sort of exotic birds because mm. we had binoculars and stuff. We hiked everywhere. I think one of the highlights also was when we hiked up the way close to the Cameroonian border, border yeah. and we made this. Um, f- is it, were they Fulani? It was a Fulani settlement, literally right on the boundary. Yeah. So and, and what was amazing about it, right? Because we all know the stories of Fulani settlements that immediately we arrived their settlement, they brought out chairs for us to sit. They brought out um, what they call it, nunu. It was like yogurt. They brought out yeah, um, no, no. yeah they brought out like goats meat or whatever and just you know presented it to us like people they've never known before and mm. sat with them and you know ate and whatever it is and it's kind of contrary to what we hear in the news about you know i mean if I, I'm, I'm not saying it's not true but i'm just trying to show like you know don't this generalize the, yeah, don't generalize and you know sometimes when things have been politicalized and no, that's a word but things have just been propaganda it, that shaped and warped what things used to be like before where strangers come from nowhere and you just come and you entertain them and you know you guys leave and stuff like that you know so it, it was, was really it was, was amazing it was, it was a good cultural yeah, experience it, it really was because nobody like we literally just entered the settlement there was no i can tell you that there was no exchange of words we entered the settlement we greeted them and they came out and they just went inside and brought out the nunu went inside and brought out the meat it was not even a oh are you hungry it was literally just being it was them being hospitable and you just realize how propaganda is spread because i remember going to my office and speaking to people and saying oh we happened on the full and settlement one person said oh did they show you their ak-47s i'm like Really? No, no, I'm not gonna. That's that's not that's not warp the story too Another much. Another person. No, I'm just saying like generally don't. Yeah. I'm not trying to say that. You know, there's a culture where they live outside of the war and outside of the people that have been losing their life of this something where it just shows you a glimpse of what things used to be like before mm. because i don't want to cloud it. it's i think it's you that showed me an article about you know you don't go to a place and because 
your experience was um i can't remember the name of it no no no. i can't wait no i was just saying it, no i was trying to match what you said about how yeah. you know things yeah, were, with the reactions the right, the right that way. people still have towards it you know that kind yes, of thing so yes, yes but i'm yeah. saying that even though i experienced that people still feel like eh, yeah, yeah. yeah just like the imam that saved how many christians during mm. that um during the crisis then right mm. so about over 300 christians so there are still good acts being being done even this morning as i was going to church there's this this hawker selling um he was selling handkerchiefs and they were just children at the back of one of these um, buses mm. and they were sweating everything and the guy to give them handkerchief from the one he was selling so this i'm like this is i'm just like this is a piece of humanity just happening right in front of me where this hawker that is selling something i'm sure his mother might even beat him for mm. selling away, course, for yes. giving away the handkerchief but he saw some children you know not much old not much older than him mm-hmm. and he just gave them just he just kept on looking back at him and you know they didn't even know how to thank him just looking back yeah, at him was and he was really smiling nice. at them so, so it's in, nice to know that there are yes, good and, people out and there. that is what this whole thing reminded me of like coming to their community i'm like this is what it used to be before when maybe people ventured from the south to the north and they met with the indigenous there and they came with um, welcoming hands mm. and that's why probably all the evil set evil settlements that you see in uh, the north and whatever that's probably how it started before this whole situation, situation but yeah started. um but it was good, you know. It was just one of the highlights of the tour. Yeah. Another highlight was jumping into the pools. So yeah, they didn't jump. Yeah, because <laughs> was cool. well, I think like on the very first day when we went on um, what they call it, canopy walk. Yeah. So the, and to me that was I've gone to the canopy walk here on the LCC. In. In LCC. For those of you who don't know LCC, Lekki Conservation Center. Yeah, that's like right by where I live, and this one is. It's, it's not as long but it's way scarier mm-hmm. it was way scarier to me because he moved so much it was swaying like the other one i walk on it confidently the one in lcc here but this one it was swaying so much but that was just was fun anyway we got to the top and we took like a really cool picture i think it's somewhere on the on their conservation or something where from the top looking down so that was really cool and we now got to this um this part of the conservation that they have there where they have this christopher lilies I don't know if you guys can Google it up. These are like huge bloom lilies that they grow by the water. I think their blooms are almost like uh, uh, 12 inches and wide, fully open. And the whole forest was like smelling like perfume. To me, like to me, that was one of like the most magical points of it. I find before my friend was gassing me up that they only bloom once a year. So even if so in my mind, it made it more special. Too I, yeah, by the time I do my Google, that thing blooms all the time. So forget that. Part and the reason why Sosa is talking about is because Sosa is into plants. Yeah, but no, but it was legit. Everybody that went there was like, wow, because the whole place was smelling like perfume. No, the, the cool thing about it was that the place looked like an enchanted forest. Yeah, the flowers, they were like, they were like white bloom lilies and it was just everywhere. It was like that. Like that was like a that's and like there was this little one. lake running through it yeah like, nice. a, that's like a creek and everything it was pretty fun obviously me i was still chicken ju- to jump off the cliff that was <laughs> that's another one i think we that's another hike to get to the to this um, waterfall and there's this click cliff i'll say it, the cliff the cliff was about 20 amount approximation uh, Maybe, maybe not 20, maybe like 40 feet, mm. like 40, 50 feet. And uh, uh, me, I'm not a strong swimmer, mm-hmm. so I just respected myself. I'm like, you know what, I'm not going to uh, be a hero because I want something for the gram. Mm. Because if you go all over on Raven Nigeria, you see all of them jumping in with the slow motion, <laughs> looking all nice and cool. And I, We're I just, cool people. Yeah, so I just respected myself and stayed uh, right on the top of the cliff. But it was really, it was fun to watch all the people uh, 
other people jump and you know i really wanted to jump no, you I, really did want I, to I, I considered it, but I'm like, you know what? Let me don't just go mess around. And, and thank God, because me, I don't know what story I'll be telling people if anything yeah, happens to us. And so at least I was for the, like three of us that didn't jump, so I wasn't, I wasn't alone. But it was still fun. There's like a little waterfall on the other side, and you know, we went close to it, and you know, it was almost like being in a spa with the pressure of the water coming down the rocks we like to refer really to fun. that side as the kiddies pool yeah whatever <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that was, so that was that was a cool part of it and you know you can see that and uh, then also went to the grotto so this so there's so many different sections what? yeah the section the grotto we didn't have to hike to that we actually took the bus to get to the grotto and you know people were roasting so this year ram they were doing ram yeah, they were having a party they were having a party i would prefer the cliff was the cliff were the only ones there because obviously you have to really hike to get there so it's not full of people but with the grotto there were the people there so it wasn't such a private uh, private yeah and that's because the grotto is the more famous waterfall there funny enough i had a different experience because when i went there was actually nobody at the grotto but i know that um when i spoke about the grotto to other people they were like oh we've been there we've been there but when i spoke about the other one the one where we jumped off the cliff people were like oh no we've never been there next time i go there i have to go there so i think the grotto is the waterfall that is mostly um easily on accessible. the tour route yeah and i guess yeah. it's easily accessible this one we had to hike almost the almost no, an hour but to be hours. fair the reason why it seemed like we hiked a long while was because we did the cameroonian border first then came around Okay. you know my first time we didn't do the cameroonian border we just went straight to the cliff i remember when we were coming back and we showed you and we're like this is where we're coming from do you get what i'm saying mm-hmm. but kevin and i decided that it would be better to do that last because if we did that first to go to the cameroonian border might have been an issue do you get what i'm saying so the the jumping of the cliff was like the icing on the cake of going to car and you know it relaxed everyone and then we just came back and obviously the water is all ice cold i remember i entered into the grotto and the water was like uh and it was like uh, if I stayed any longer, I probably have gotten pneumonia or something. Like everything, because the weather is cold. Because the weather, yeah. So the water is like ice cold in the grotto, and but it's still fun anyway. Like another another pool, nothing. There are no mosquitoes, right? I guess mos- mosquitoes Bango don't. Don't. So, although I was reading another article, you know, because I was interested about that, where there's some unnecessary prevalence of malaria, even though mosquitoes are not supposed to be able to survive at that altitude. But anyway, during my stay, no mosquitoes, so that was divine. I think even the the, 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 the cabin didn't have any mosquito nets, if I remember right. No, it was yeah. pure, you know, it yeah, was so, uh, nature. Yeah, and even the cabin, they had guardiolas. Guardiolas don't necessarily, they're not native to um, Africa. These are like these um, plants or flowers that they have like multiple, like almost have, they have up to 12 blooms on the stock so i was pretty as she said, she said i'm into plants yeah so it was, still. so it was pretty geek to see like guardiolas growing like in the soil here in nigeria and even though we didn't get to see them but they also say they grow um strawberries yeah the um, farm was closed that was very yeah. um but, but we did get honey from the honey farm yeah so so we got some honey there so that was cool we have some obudu it was a really good time and you actually coincided with Nigeria first match against um, yes, <laughs> so we all watched as a family and you know yeah. everybody on the tour was pretty cool different personalities everybody funny and they were all new people so it was nice to make new friends yeah, so and we, yeah it was really good we got along I think yeah it was yeah. fun like I said we had the I think Nigerian match was the second day, right? Yeah, the second yeah, night. And then on the last night, we had like a bonfire. bonfire yeah. Even though the rain tried to ruin it, but 
Hmm. Eventually, the rain went away, and we were able to. Sit. And the steward was not having it with this rain because he was so upset. Mm. He's like, I cut the firewood and everything, mm. and then this rain. And obviously, because of the rain, he also delayed his um, barbecuing and mm. everything. But it all came yeah, full it was, circle. Yeah, it was a big, it was a big fire. Obviously, because of the uh, the rain, obviously the wood got wet, wet so, so yeah. it took a little bit of more cajoling to get that fire going yeah but it was it was big had bonfire night had shots we had cocktails food was yeah. good had snacks you know and it was really good because then the bonfire involved everyone you know the driver came along every like it was, it was just really good it was like a feel-good family moment you know yeah, yeah we tried to buy banana and yeah because when i said okay because you asked me whether i want to be i'm like sure then I was like 500 naira. So I was just thinking the same when we buy here, 500 naira was a bunch. Meanwhile, you know, 500 naira. Who stopped? It's it a, a head. It's a head of them. Obviously, I can't take that on the plane. So I just had to take a bunch from it yeah. and discharge it. So obviously, it's funny that some things that are really cheap on the village are some things that, that are really, really expensive. expensive yeah. Because, it's, you know, people don't take that um, trip up the mountain often. Right, so local things grown on the mountain probably be cheap. Things that the airplane has to go down like to get up the mountain, all or things stuff, like that, they're expensive. Are, are much more expensive yeah. than uh, than direct than the regular. Yeah, but it was a good trip. Um, yeah. They didn't pay us, but shout out to Obudu Conservation Center. Yeah, and I think it really touched at least everybody that um, they went. Kevin, we're talking about the even going through the villages, yeah. right? Like seven different villages. Mm-hmm. I remember one is called Banana Village. Opadanza. Because there's ba- <laughs> banana all around it. Yeah. One was called South Africa. Africa. Is it because they have Johannesburg? Johannes- yeah. Johannesburg. I can't remember the local name. Though. Yeah, they have two kings because yeah. they couldn't figure out who actually yeah. got there first or whatever. And it then is. there's Bicheve, which the nature park is named after, the one where the enchanted forest was. Yeah. Those are the only three names I can remember. Yeah, and in touch to because I said a lot of us went on a trip and, you know, we actually met up after the all got back at them. Um, Zara House, one of the people that came on the trip, and you know, people are talking about you know, half doing some kind of community service and yeah. raising some money for the because a lot of kids there they just come and take pictures with you, whatever it is. So, you left an imprint on a lot of the participants that you know they want to do something for the local community and even our tour guide. So, it was kind of cool, like you know, it was a real you know, not just we having fun really relaxing, touched. it was also like a, a real legit experience, which was uh, which was uh, which is more than you can ask for. Yeah, so it was a good trip. I'm just very happy that it went well because um Yeah, you know, even with the logistics for a refund. The backs were a refund for my money back. Sus is just a hater. He knows he's my number one supporter. But anyway, um I'm glad everything went well because I know at the back of people's minds the catching the flight back to Lagos was probably something everyone was thinking about. Are we going to make it in time? But I think this is also why it's good sometimes to have staked out a place before you go there. I was able to... Uh, you want yeah. us to give you congratulations for doing your work. So, is that, is stop that, is, being... Is that, is that what, is so that what we're doing just here Just stop now? being ridiculous right is now. It, stop uh, being... Uh, no, stop being ridiculous. I will throw this... I will throw this bottle part of your work to you. plan it to make sure everything... I was... I will throw this... Um, anyway, so I was saying so, but um, it was really... Even though I was... Because I said we were going to set out at a certain time and we didn't set out at the time we thought but I, like so mentioned it was good that we set out later because they would have been sitting at the airport for longer than we should have you know um uh, well uh, hopefully I, I thought you calculated it that even if we oh yeah yeah of course no but i had calculated 30 minutes time. but we ended up doing 45 minutes longer do you get what i'm saying uh, for nigerians you yeah. should an hour <laughs> so, uh, so anyway we, 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 we got there on time and we all made our flights with no 
with no um, issues. And this time, yeah. I didn't have to kill shows for being late. But no issues, at, no issues at all. But the plane ride was legit funny. It was from one thing to the other. First, there was an argument about somebody sitting there on another person's seat. Nigerians, why do we do this? We are wilder people. It's just it's as simple as that. Like, like, we like drama. You have your own seat. You decide, no, I want the window seat. So you sit down there thinking that the owner of the seat is not going to come and bounce you. Of course, it happened. Like, so it, it became easy. I mean, but props to the air hostess. She handled it like a G. She didn't lose her cool. She was very calm. She sorted it out. And then after that ended, the situation of somebody taking pictures of the plane and another woman being scared. You know, so she calls the air hostess and she's like, this guy is taking pictures of the plane. He's scaring me. He's making me nervous. You know, I did is that right Nigerians need to chill yeah let me even say something like um, uh, you know I know people complain about Nigerians having body odor or whatever it is but I have to give the reverse of this some people like, like, like they're baiting with their perfume <laughs> like you know you, you, you I, I sit down in church I can't breathe because the person next to me has you know baited with perfume I'm in the elevator I can't breathe the mm. person has bathed in the perfume I'm in, uh, I'm in my car or in the car. I can't breathe. The person next to me is bathed with perfume. Guys, that's not how it works. The, the perfume is supposed to be your scent. Mm. I, I sh- it shouldn't be not visible to me. And I can just by the smell, I can tell somebody is coming. But some perfumes, let me play devil's advocate. Some perfumes are really strong. So even with one puff. No one puff. Let me tell you how to wear perfume if you guys don't know. One way. You spray it in the air and you walk through it. It's your scent. I shouldn't smell your perfume unless I'm really, really close to you or I hug you. Yes. You, put, you put it on your wrist, you put it behind your ears. So when I hug you, I smell it. That's how it works. It's your scent. But I should, I should even, if you do it right, it shouldn't be like your natural scent. I should, you shouldn't smell when I'm not close to you. It's when I get to you, I whiff that smell. You don't bathe with it. You don't, you, 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 you don't all I smell is perfume. That's not how it works. It should be subtle subtle that's the point subtle eh? guys that's how so uses his own perfume it's actually not documented that that's the right way to use perfume so it's documented the point is don't bath in it other people around you need to breathe you don't have to spray it in the air to, to uh, walk through it or things like that that's and how you do so, it you so put, it on, you put so it on your dab it on your wrist dab it behind your ears don't bathe in it. So sweet, which one now? You just put them dab it on your wrist, but uh, no, again, you now said walk through, spray it in the air and walk through it. Th- that's which one, one way it? to do it. You walk in the air. I'm just trying to say, not the one that you, you spray. <laughs> <laughs> you can spray in the air, walk through it, or it's like I said, you dab your wrist behind, your, anyway, behind guys, your ears. I'm for the dabbing. Put it behind your ears and put it on your wrist. Yeah, please. Don't be bad I don't know about spraying it in it's the air. It's almost as bad as the body odor because the same thing that you can't still breathe either way. So please, guys, you know, you know. Ironically, I still can't smell. I can't even smell my perfume anymore. But it's been a long day. Yeah, but please, like I said, subtle, subtle. Anyway, sorry, just I just had to let that out there. Yes, I, I was talking I could, about. I, could, I couldn't breathe in. Church, I, I was, so, so that's why you dis- disturbed my plain story. But uh, it's yeah, fine. I don't want to talk about. Yeah, that is fine. Anyway, but it was a great tip. I think the next place is Kano. So hopefully you top you top Kano with um, Obudu because I think as your thoughts have been at least in my own experience been progressively uh, getting better. And then before we get out of here, let me hit you with the the juror of the week. Let me see what we got going on here. Okay, so this is my boyfriend is too dirty. Dear juror, please make me anonymous and please post ASAP. 
I've been seeing my boyfriend for a while now, but this issue just occurred to me. Jerome, my boyfriend is dirty. He made dinner yesterday. If you see the kitchen, Jerome, it was so messed up. All what he used to use in making the dish, he just dumped everything in the sink. My problem now is I hate dirt. Even though I'm cleaned up everything everywhere this morning, he stays in a three-bedroom flat. There is no day I come visiting. I walk myself out trying to clean. It's not as if I am doing good girl. I just can't sit or sleep comfortably where everywhere is dirty because I'm not brought up that way. Please, what can I do? All right, so this is a very practical draw, I think. It's not the one about, you know, boyfriend sleeping with girlfriends, daughters, wife, sister, something. So this, so this is my um, take on it. I think it's really important is um, knowing what you can live with. Because at the end of the day, after the whole romance or whatever it is, compatibility in living together becomes really important. If you are a meticulous, clean person, it's going to be hell for you to live with somebody that is really disorganized and quote-unquote dirty. So it's something you have to work out and say, look, you know, two ways to handle it. Either you get the person to straighten up themselves and start cleaning their shit. Or if you can afford it, you get somebody to clean after them. If, if you know, if if you don't have the if you don't have the energy to do it yourself, so those, are, those are the two ways to to deal with this. Or you just you know bounce. I don't know if it's that. I maybe, maybe I didn't hear properly. So he he just left the stuff in the sink, right? Yep. How long did he live in the sink for? I don't know. Probably was. But probably just left it there. It was just one incident, but I think yeah, no, the point is just know, making I, that No, I get, you know time. how like, exactly, because yeah. sometimes people leave stuff in the sink. It's not that they're not going to go back and wash it, but I guess she's one of those people who wants to wash up things immediately. And it's how you brought up, like, I yeah, exactly. it, 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 like, like us growing up, when you, when you finish eating, you wash your plates. You weren't allowed to drop it in the sink to come wash it. Yeah, so that. it's an upbringing thing too. Yeah, some so, people so they leave it maybe to the evening and they go and wash everything. You know. Some people leave it forever. That living forever is a different which case. Is, which is a problem, but it will irk you if you grew up where you go to the sink, yeah, you wash definitely, after, which you have somebody is, just going dropping. They say you do it later. That no, will not work. Which comes down to what you said about choose what you can live with. While people don't necessarily change, like you said speak to the person i mean with a thing like that it's not like you're um being clean or being neat is for your own good and you often hear stories i'll give three examples and i'll give one that is straight from my house my mom says that you know my dad was not exactly he wasn't dirty but he wasn't exactly you know how you enter the house you remove shoe here remove do you get what i'm saying and with time he learned to you know, okay, I removed my shoes, let me put my shoes here. Do you get that kind of thing? So it wasn't necessarily like he was dirty, it was just that, you know, just leave stuff everywhere. And I often hear a lot of women say things like that, or I hear guys, even like I remember my youth pastor, he said he remembers his wife would call him back and say, Come back here. This shoe, why is it here? Shouldn't it be here? And you know, after a while of your wife doing come back here, sometimes it's the fear of the quote and unquote nagging that will make you arrange yourself she will come down and say that the shoe is not in the right space you know that kind of thing so like so said <laughs> if it's something that you feel like you can you know handle and you think you'll straighten up after a while great if not maybe you should bounce because there's no point coming to come and complain and complain and you know yeah but i'm not thinking about it something like cleanliness organization no, that's why I said there's a difference between cleanliness and being organized do you get what i'm saying um, there are people who have clean stuff but they just throw it everywhere and that's they're still dirty it's still uh, still dirty my, my point is that it's not inherent it, it's not i don't see that an inherent value 
So I mean, it's a habit that can be broken. Yeah, so, that's why I said now about mm-hmm. people learn to become neat. Yeah, and, and it's important because I know, as I said, like my dad now, he's, uh, and I think that kind of, uh, if it's a floor is a tile floor, uh, like you know, marble floor, whatever it is, you can't walk between the sand on it, right? Mm-hmm. And just, you yeah, me the same way it is, you know, if I'm walking on the floor and the sand, it just, it gets me all hype. And some people, they don't care. And they're okay with it. Me, mm-hmm. I, I like things arranged. I'm not a neat freak or I don't have OCD and like, you know, all that kind of stuff. I think SOS has OCD. I don't have OCD, but I relatively like things being. No, know, I tell you why I think SOS likes OCD. Um, SOS has OCD. SOS can come to your house. Everything is neat, but SOS will say, actually, I think this should be in the middle and not the other way around. So that's why I think SOS has OCD. Yeah. So you, let's say in your own house, you like to put the bottle in the middle of verses so to say no the bottle should not be in the middle and you're thinking how is this like as long as it is neat and everything who cares who cares about your symmetrical this should be in the middle or it looks so yes yeah, has proceed in my opinion because he likes to place things a certain way and he can definitely not agree with the fact that you don't want to place things that way and that is a serious problem that's anyway, the kind of things i, I have I, to I, live with i don't have ocd but people that have if you say people that have ocd you know i'm relatively like not but i like things neat as possible and i try to keep it that way but i'm definitely not a neat freak or you know <laughs> he's an arrangement freak but i do like actually fine cleaning is actually therapeutic for him well, how do i say it in therapeutic how do you say that therapeutic. word therapeutic yeah anyway so anyway, so we've given you what you can do, you know, you can try your best to change him, you know, teach him to get that filth and dirt out of his life. If, if not, you know, bounce. Because trust me, it's, it's really hard to live with somebody that is dirty, you know, or un- unorganized to a certain value, depending on what, like you said, it's debatable what you can call organization, right? Yeah. So anyway, thank you for listening to another Good Bad Gang episode. Follow us on all social media. It's Good Bad Gang on Instagram. It's Good Bad Gang on Twitter. It's Good Bad Gang on Facebook. To be honest, I've not checked that Facebook page And it's page Good Bad Gang on um, the Apple iTunes. Yes, please. Yeah, subscribe, to, subscribe on, and on um, SoundCloud. Apple and SoundCloud and all that good stuff. Um, and comment. Have a conversation with us. We like to read from you guys. Yeah, so, so uh, like you said, we're approaching 50, right? What number is this? 44? Yeah, I think so. Or is it 43? Forty- <laughs> anyway, we want to buy the you somewhere, yeah. right? So anyway, thanks for listening again and uh, talk to you guys next week. Peace out, guys. This one for the realest girl. It's a really good vibe, vibe. Me, I don't feel it right, right. Move them girls to the side. They can't do you like I, I Can't say can't love you like I can't treat you good You the man, got wood, yes I bang, bang, bang I never feed you from a can, only the best for my man Never stress, let the baseline bang Like boom, 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 boom We lock your eyes from across the crowded room We vibing out, not to our tune In our world of